Welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we are talking about the Arlong Park arc, Arlong Park arc <laughs> of the anime One Piece, written by Ichiro Oda. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Ichiro. Ichiro. Uh, Ichiro. I think it's the latter. Ichiro. Well, Oda-san, we'll call him. <laughs> yeah. And produced by Toei Animation. Um, yeah. I'm really excited to to jump into this. Uh, we always say we talk about games and movies and TV shows we've been watching. But by my record, this is only the second TV offering we've done. I think you're right. No, uh, third. Winnie third. The po- Winnie the Pooh and Goosebumps we did. Oh, then fourth. Wait, what were you thinking of? Um, I was thinking of a crusty old little green man named the Grinch, which originally oh, aired on television. I guess that does count. I, yeah. I wasn't thinking of it because it's not a series, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it's a TV movie. Yeah, and it's kind of a good time to do this uh, it, because the One Piece live action just aired and it covered... Well, it covered this entire arc in like two episodes. (laughs) In about like a scant two hours. Yeah. And by contrast, this arc in the anime is 14 episodes. Yeah. But upon rewatching it, I was both enthralled, but also enraged at how they really could have sped some stuff up. They could have, but I, so I guess this is a good time to talk about it. So we should talk about our history with the show and the arc. And I'll I'll start by saying that. I have been watching the show now and you have not like I'm still watching the show and you are not correct. And compared to how slow things get in the show, this seemed pretty brisk. Oh my, (laughs) I must say. So if this seems slow to you, you would not be enjoying the show as it is currently. Yeah. No, thank you. So, I mean, I first watched this. Oh, man, I guess I, I don't know if we're ever going to do one piece again. I mean, we should probably talk about it like we might not. So I'll, I'll, I'll go I'll go a little bit deeper. So I think it was at, like two years ago at this point, almost exactly two years ago, like the summer of 20. I think the summer of 2021 is when I started watching the show. And I basically just didn't stop <laughs> until I got until I got caught up. And then for the last I don't I'm completely losing track of time, but I feel like for the last like at least. I don't know, six months I've been watching the show as it airs. So I got caught up uh, and to for anyone who's not, you know, paying attention, I'll mention this um, or who doesn't know about One Piece. And I'll mention this again later. There's like almost eleven hundred episodes at this point. And. That's a that's a lot. So I watched this pretty early because I binged the first like, oh, man, I, I binged the first like 200 episodes so fast. And we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later, but this arc was the first arc of the show that completely hooked me. I would like to say I was hooked on the show to begin with. This was the one where it really just had its claws me and didn't let me go. It is probably I mean, well, I think it's the best storytelling of the show, period, of of the story Uh, or, or one of the best pieces of storytelling. And yeah. certainly the best in the early arcs. Definitely the Alabasta, best in the early arcs. Even though I like Alabasta, I think this is even better in terms Definitely of like, agreed. And I have my reasons for that that I'll, I'll try to pepper in throughout. And I have kind of like a thesis 
statement, I suppose, on what it is about this and why it makes it why, why this is so good compared to some of the other like grander scale conflicts that we've you've read about and I've watched. You've read um, about them. We've yeah, watched them. They're yeah. grand scale conflicts in One Piece. Yeah. So I, I I do not watch the manga of that. Or sorry, read the manga if that isn't clear. Um, I have like occasionally dipped in just to kind of see how things were compared to moments in the show that I really like. Um, but I, I, this this arc has always been great, and revisiting it was particularly interesting because of how much faster paced it seemed but once i kind of like got rid of that bias that i've now gotten because of how slow the show is currently i do think that this could have been done in probably 10 to 12 episodes instead of 14 agreed how about you um so my uh history with this art goes pretty far back I uh, started reading the Shonen Jump comic book when it first came out in America. Um, It's no longer being published and hasn't been for years. But probably when I was 13, 14, freshman year of high school is when uh, they released the American version of Shonen Jump, which featured Dragon Ball, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, and a couple others. The behemoths of Shonen. Yeah, the, the big three of Shonen. And I immediately got into Naruto. Uh, it took me a little while, but I got into Bleach. And One Piece, I, I just kept bouncing off of. I would kind of flip through and be like, this is silly. Like, I, it's too goofy for me. I'm not into it. Um, but I would still, like, flip through just to see kind of what was going on. I I largely ignored One Piece, though, for, you know, probably over a year of reading Shonen Jump. And then finally, it got to the Arlong Park arc, and I happened to be flipping through uh, the chapter where Nami, quote-unquote, kills Usopp. And I I knew enough about the characters and the plot to at least know that this was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I read that chapter, and I was enthralled, because kind of out of context, I'm like, oh, shit, things, ha- things are happening on One Piece. Nami just killed Usopp. And so I was like the Johnny in that situation. Like, I didn't get it that it wasn't real. Um, and so I started reading it and then I went back and bought volumes of the manga afterwards. And that kind of got me into one piece, um, Mm. kind of a little bit more. Um, and then as years went by, I started buying the anime, um, like the Japanese version, um, at the mall at Yorktown mall at that store where you can buy Japanese stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and so from there got hooked, watched a lot of other story arcs. Um, but I never forgot this one and it's my favorite. Nami is my favorite character in part one. Um, not maybe not tied, maybe Zoro is like second place. Um, but Nami is my favorite character mainly because of this arc in part one. And then obviously my boy Zoro is my favorite in part two, but, um, I am part, you mean time skip before and after time skip. Yeah. Like part one is pre part two is post. Got it. And uh, I am current with the manga. Um, like you said, it has 1100 like episodes, but it has almost 1100 chapters. Yeah, and, and I'll we'll explain how that happens and that how, how the show sense. is still so far behind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, why don't we jump into uh, One Piece? Tell us about it. Yeah, well, first, let me say that I, I, I didn't really even explain why I'm why I watched it in the first place. It's kind of like a show that I've always been aware of and interested in, but it was, it was always daunting to watch because of how many episodes there were. But the, the nature the fact that this is about pirates that like was always appealing to me. And I'm just kind of surprised it took me so long to start it, but 
anyway, I'm glad I did. Uh, I, you know, this was, I, I probably would not have bounced off it if I had just given it a shot when I was younger. Well, and that's the thing because of the pirate stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing that uh, actually made me bounce off of it a little bit. Uh, Back when one piece was coming to America, pirates of the Caribbean was really big. And the first one of those is good. The rest are pretty bad. And so uh, I was a little pirate fatigued. Of course, these pirates are nothing like that, but just like the idea of pirates, I wasn't as into. Gotcha. As say ninjas or soul reapers. Gotcha. Okay. So as you know, we mentioned, this is a one piece is a very famous shonen manga written and illustrated by Chiro Oda. And it is a story about kind of big picture. We're not going to like spoil very much at all, but it's a story about Monkey D. Luffy, a very young, ambitious man who has rubber powers that he gained after accidentally eating a devil fruit, the gum gum fruit in particular. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) What? Yeah, he eats the gum gum fruit. Why are you coughing? <laughs> he eats. It's the gum gum fruit, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> Let's move on. I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he sets out from the East Blue Sea, which is one of the seas in, in this world, to the Grand Line, which is another sea, to search for the One Piece, a very famous treasure that was, well, arguably um, might not exist. We don't really know. It is the MacGuffin of the show. And uh, it was a famous treasure that was found originally by a now deceased pirate, Goldie Roger, Gold Roger, haha. Uh-huh. Um, and Luffy wants to acquire this to become the king of the pirates. And as he journeys, he finds a crew along the way and gets into a lot of um, sticky situations and adventures and adventures. So Oda-san was interested in pirates since he was a kid and also very massively influenced by two things, one of which I did not know. Um, he was very inspired by Akira Toriyama and Dragon Ball, which makes complete sense. And what I didn't understand was that he was in, that he was really um, inspired by the Wizard of Oz. I don't like the Wizard of Oz. We can just skip over that part. Um, maybe <laughs> someday we'll talk about it. Uh, maybe we'll sometime we'll have a therapy session about why I don't like it. But um, the, his kind of point was that, in in his view, The Wizard of Oz is not just about the destination, not just about the goal, but the journey. And the adventure should be just as much about the journey and the destination and not just the destination. Um, well, that's sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, 1100 plus chapters and there's still no uh, One Piece. Well, we should um, note, I didn't know the Wizard of Oz thing either, that I think that's very interesting. But the other thing we should note is that compared to a lot of other shonen mangas, shonen mangas specifically, because um, lots of other mangas do this, but not a lot of shonen mangas have quite as much of a slow burn as One Piece in most of One Piece's arcs. I don't have as much frame of reference for that as you do. Like my like the main long-running shonen that I have watched other than this is Dragon Ball. Right. And when you say that Dragon Ball, like they kind of get to the point much faster than One Piece. I yes, mean, and, yes and no. Dragon Ball arguably has less of a point or it has moving goalposts in a, in a way that like this doesn't. I mean, this does. I mean, obviously, there are like little there. There's obviously many conflicts along the way and some major conflicts along the way just to, to, to on the way to getting the One Piece. But Dragon Ball is kind of just like we got to be the strongest. We got to beat that one person who's threatening the planet. And that's kind of it over and over and over again. Yeah. And yeah, One Piece, um, like, I believe, takes its time before the action starts, um, as we'll talk about in this arc. Yeah. So Oda has a really, 
really insane work schedule for this. I don't know if this is always the case, but very often he would work from five in the morning till two in the morning the next day with really short breaks for eating. I mean, we could talk, we're not going to, but we could say a lot more about like how this was able to be done and like how insane this is that like how many issues he's put out. I mean, he writes and illustrates it. He storyboards it. He does everything. Himself. He's been doing it for what, 20 years now? Yeah, that's the kind of thing that makes someone go insane. I don't know how he's been doing it since, since like no more than 20 years. I think he started in 1997. I think that's when the manga started. And then the show started a little bit later. I'll go into that in a bit. So um, I wanted to mention, even though it's not really relevant to this arc, that he aimed to leave love stories out of the show, especially like love stories between like crew members. Because he believes uh, boys that read manga aren't interested in that, which is probably what everyone believes, because there are no love stories in any shonens. Um, I mean, if they are, they're like pretty oblique and not the main focus. Yeah, right. So this is a good laugh. He had originally hoped to end One Piece in five years. Oh, Jesus. But he realized he had way too much story for that. Um, And so here we are. For context, almost... 1,100 chapters exist in almost the same amount of episodes of the anime exist. And the reason for that is that earlier episodes would often cover two or more chapters per episode, but that was really early. For the vast majority of the show, episodes have covered about 10 to 15 pages of a chapter. So it goes much, much, much slower. Um, They need, and I don't know if they ever will, maybe when One Piece ends, but one piece begs for like a one piece kai it it does but like can you imagine how hard that would be oh, to do yeah i imagine when the show ends give it 5 years and they'll restart the whole thing some super one piece kai or some unofficial like fan will do like a fan cut yeah some psycho with too much time <laughs> on their hands unlimited time yeah so this it was uh, as we mentioned it was adapted into an anime series by toy animation uh, it was licensed for release in English in the U.S. by 4Kids Entertainment, which is now licensed, um, then licensed now owned by Funimation. It was first broadcast in Japan in 1999. I think in the U.S. it was probably in 2004. And the arc we are talking about currently, Arlong Park, aired in July to October t- 2000 in Japan and April to June 2005 in the U.S. The general reception of One Piece is, you know, it's it's amazing. It, it is very highly praised for its world building, its characters, its humor, its kind of animation, its design, character design, and just everything. It is a very famous franchise. There are tons of movies, video games, toys, and other merchandise. And having been to Japan multiple times, it is just everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, Interesting. It's it, because it's awesome. Um, the... This arc in particular is very highly regarded as well. Some people believe, and I think I agree, is that this was the first arc that Oda really shined and showed himself as a storyteller. I think that's fair. I think that is fair. No knock to the previous story arc. Oh, absolutely not. Except Um, the one with Usopp, which takes way too long. Fair. Um, But yeah, so... I mean, should we give like a really brief synopsis of this story before like what, what we're going to be covering? Like, so I guess the, the 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 stage setting for this for this arc, again, is we're going to go through like all 14 episodes, not in insane detail. And also you kind of can't because like things kind of move slowly. Um, 
so at this point, I mean, it's kind of hard because we're, we don't want to like talk about who all these characters are. Um, or maybe we should we, should we briefly well, mention who's in the crew right now? Let's mention who's in the crew. We can do like a previously on one piece and just mention, well, we'll just mention now that Sanji has just joined the crew and that's kind of the most recent thing that's happened. Yeah. So we have Luffy who we mentioned, we have Zoro, the pirate hunter. Well, now kind of just like his goal is to be the greatest swordsman of all time. He's technically the first mate, I believe. Yes. Usopp, the coward. <laughs> uh, Usopp is like the ship's like kind of like sniper. Yeah. And in the early arcs, he is the one who kind of repairs the ship. Yes. Until another crew member comes by. Um, And well, Nami was never officially part of the crew. Um, And it is kind of we think that Nami is a friend to the Straw Hat Pirates. But before this arc starts, Nami has stolen the Straw Hat ship, the Going Mary, and taken it to her hometown um, and also a lot of money. Right. All their money. All their money. Yes. And who else is with us now? Oh, uh, two of Zoro's friends, uh, Yosaku and Johnny, who are like old friends of Zoro and bounty hunters. And I guess maybe the most significant other thing to mention is that Zoro has been is recovering from a pretty intense injury that almost killed him. Yes. He was attacked by uh, Dracula Mihawk. One of the seven warlords of the one sea. of the seven warlords of the sea. Yes, and so like right now, where we kind of start off, um, the straw hats are kind of like separated. So Zoro, Usopp, and Johnny are kind of trying to tr- follow Nami back to uh, a village, her hometown called Kokoyashi. 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 Um, they essentially discover that, it, and I'm stepping on this a little bit, but this is just kind of the the big picture for what you're in for this episode. They discover that it is ruled by Arlong and the Arlong pirates. Um, they are a pirate crew of a race of fishmen. Um, and Nami is in league with them in some, in some form. And so now Luffy and his, and Sanji, the cook of the, of the straw hats will also arrive on the Island with Yosaku and kind of, learn more about why Nami stole their ship and learn more about her and try to, at the same time, this brings them in conflict with the Fishmen and the, the Arlong Pirates. Yes. Very nice table setting. I like Thank that. you. I That was kind of just like off the cuff. No, it was very good. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll also note that, uh, as you were saying, like the crew is split up. We'll note that uh, this has basically all of the big One Piece tropes and we'll kind of name them as they come. But one of the big One Piece tropes is that, like, the crew gets split up and they have to find each other again. That's yes. pretty common. Yes. So, All yeah, right. we'll go episode by episode. We'll just, like, kind of hit, like, the major points. And I know, there might be some other significant things that are worth mentioning. Some of them might be useful to you who <laughs> who are listening to this. You, and the maybe, listener. Yeah. And some things might just be kind of, like, things that we pick up on maybe more now or are good worth mentioning now that we have kind of more knowledge about the show. Yes. All right. Let's jump in to the proverbial East blue. <laughs> All right. Episode 31, the most wicked man of the East blue Fishman pirate Arlong. So as you said, James, Luffy, Sanji and Yosaku are in a small boat in pursuit of Nami as she sails to Arlong in the straw hat stolen ship, the going Mary. The Marines uh, come and accept a bribe from Arlong, and we meet his fishman crew. 
So the idea here is that we learned that uh, Arlong is on the Marines' radar, but he just pays them off to kind of leave him alone. And it seems that that's been the arrangement for a little while now. Yes. At the gates of Arlong Park, Nami smacks a kid who seeks revenge against Arlong. Um, We'll get to it, but Arlong has recently destroyed a village, and this boy's parents are dead. Nami knocks him out, but winds up throwing him some money. So already showing that Nami, uh, her morality is a little bit ambivalent. Nami reports into Arlong. There's some tension there. Uh, But Arlong calls her his loyal navigator. So we know that she is definitely part of his crew. We should describe Arlong. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. What does Arlong look like? He is this big hulking, is it like purplish? Yeah, Um, purple, weird blue. Yeah, like a, a, a... Kind of a big jacked character with a swordfish nose, essentially. Sawfish nose? Sawfish. Sawfish. Yeah. Even though he's supposed to be a shark. Even though he's supposed to be, yeah. So, and and his kind of like gang of pirates are all like nautical themed. Like the fishmen. Yeah. Hi- yeah. Hybrid sea creature the, human. The fishmen are really like the shows, or I'm just going to keep talking about it like it's the show, not the, as if like the manga didn't do this beforehand just bear with me on that uh, um it's kind of like the show's first way of showing that there are like other races other than human yes am i right like that yeah. that's the first time they're really doing that and uh maybe we'll pepper in some comparisons to the show um because i literally can't resist doing it uh in the sense that the show really just kind of hammers um this kind of like point that oh fishman equals african-americans and yeah. it's really annoying in the show or sorry in, in, in the live action it's extremely annoying yeah but then you even get shades of that in skypea with like their native americans essentially you do but like in the in the live action they like infuse like hip-hop into the soundtrack and yeah. i just like i just like buried my face in my hands <laughs> yeah. like, stop it stop it uh anyway uh, yeah, we, we we should also mention that, at least to me, um, the fishmen are kind of boring in One Piece mythology because of story arcs that happen later. Like, there's a large fishman story arc later that I just couldn't care less about. Oh, my God. It's, it's However, just kind of rehashing this same shit. But this time, it's very interesting. Yes. However, it does go to show that Oda will plant seeds that later bloom, like, years later in the story. Yep. Yeah. So... Zoro, Johnny, and Usopp sail into Arlong Park and anchor next to the Going Merry, but they see the fishmen and run away. Uh, They tie Zoro to the mast and get him captured as Johnny and Usopp flee to Gosa Village, which is a village that has been destroyed by Arlong and his pirates. Uh, Usopp is going to be captured, but we meet Nojiko, who hides him. Nojiko um, is a young woman. She has like purplish hair and tattoos. And we eventually Um, find out who she is. We do. And just briefly, tattoos are a thing in this arc. Um, As you are well aware, in Japanese culture, tattoos are frowned upon. uh, And people with tattoos are kind of viewed as um, shady types, would you say? Uh, Yes, more or less. Yeah. Um, Zoro is interrogated by uh, Arlong, but he doesn't give anything up. Um, He's not telling about the crew or anything that they're planning to do. Zoro confronts Nami, um, who basically tells him, you know, what are you doing here? Get the hell out of here. Um, And he dives into the water, even though he's completely tied up. So ordinarily, he would drown. (laughs) But he's Zoro, so of course he won't. 
he's Zoro, so he knows he's not going to die uh, because Nami saves him. So again, yeah. we have this, you know, this ambivalence of like, what is Nami up to? Where do her loyalties lie? Yeah, the show really does try to make you think that Nami is bad. They do a decent job at this. I, I would imagine if I was a little kid when watching this or a young boy reading the manga, I would have been like totally convinced. But, you know, having, having seen plenty of fiction and stories in my life, uh, you're just kind of waiting to find out that she's not. But Yeah, and yeah. even if you're kind of aware of those tropes and you know she's going to come around, I think what the art does a good job of is kind of creating this tension over, like, how far is she willing to go? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Two observations that I had to add to this is that there there is a moment in this where Yosaku is explaining the seven warlords of the sea. And I think that's the first time we ever really get a full explanation of who they are. He mentions the name Jinbei. Um, that will mean nothing to whoever's listening to this episode. Um, in terms of like the story of this arc, but it is relevant to later. So that's again Oda planting seeds. And Mihawk is also mentioned again as, as one of the seven warlords of the sea. Yes. And I think there was another moment where they mentioned like um that it was Yosaku Johnny mentions that he's kind of like not super surprised that Nami is like doing what she's doing because she's kind of been like obsessed with their copy of uh Arlong's wanted poster. And has kind of just been like staring at it and became very suspicious. Um, when like I think either Yosaku Johnny mentioned to Nami in, in the previous arc that Arlong is not, like at, very active in the East Blue, and that kind of like really rattled her. Yeah. Um, so episode 32, the witch of Kokoyashi Village, our male, Arlong's female officer. <laughs> so now we cut over to Luffy, Yosaku, and Sanji, um, and they're sharing a meal at sea when they're attacked by Momu, who is a massive sea monster <laughs> slash cow hybrid that the Arlong crew has gotten from the Grand Line. Yeah. Uh, everyone is really terrified of Momu later. Uh, Momu has a bad reputation, but Sanji knocks him out with a single kick. <laughs> and this continues the trend again, One Piece tropes where quote unquote normal people watch the Straw Hats do crazy things and they're like, who are you guys? Like, what? Like, yeah. what can you really do? Yeah, uh, I, I'm stopped... a sucker for those moments. I must say, and I don't really get tired of them. Even though you're like, how have you not seen somebody do something like this before? Given how many people have devil fruit powers. True, but it makes them like it makes sense for what they do later in terms of defeating the Fishman Pirates. Spoiler, um, based on like <laughs> that they can kind of do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. like they're <laughs> not normal people. Yeah, um, Usopp wakes up at Nojiko's house. Uh, while he's doing that, the Arlong pirates descend on Kokoyashi Village demanding tribute money. That We'll get to it in more detail later, but essentially they demand tribute for the lives of everyone in the village. And if yeah. they pay, they kill them. The, the, it's like what One Piece often does is it will introduce some kind of conflict and then you will not get an explanation as to what the background is behind that until later when you get a string of flashback episodes. One Piece also generally for each arc does some kind of a ticking clock um, yes. in the Alabasta arc, a literal ticking clock. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it is. And uh, the ticking clock here is like the next tribute payment. Yes. Um, you know, the interval between them is kind of when things go down. Um, Nami, again, it's kind of unclear what she's doing. She visits Zoro in his cell and frees him and then lies about it to Arlong's lieutenants. Wait, so... What so wait, wait what happens after 
he falls in the water again. They lock him up. They lock him up. Okay. Yeah, they lock him up. So gotcha. Nami frees him. Gotcha. The pirates are about to kill Genzo, though Usopp saves him from far away. Although this angers the fishman and convinces everyone in the village that he is this brave warrior, um, which is, you know, trope for Usopp. So he's a coward, but people sometimes think he's brave. Genzo is the like sheriff, I would say, of the village. Yeah. And he is kind of he's a cool looking character. He but he also has like scars all over his face. Yeah. And body. And body. Um, yeah. He wears a pinwheel on his hat, which will be important later. Um, yeah, I like Enzo, and he has like an awesome mustache. Yep. So uh, Nami visits the village to see Bellamere's grave. We're going to find out more about Bellamere. Um, but she reveals her plan kind of to the audience to buy back Kogayashi Village. Yeah. So we finally, I mean, it's only two episodes in, but we at least get Nami's motivation. Um, so she doesn't seem like she's a totally evil person, but she has this plan to buy the village that doesn't guarantee that she won't double cross the straw hats to get it, though. I just realized that like the episode titles that you have in our outline are like different than the ones that I think I saw. So, oh, I right. See- you were watching in English, weren't you? Well, here's the difference. Um, I wrote down all the episode titles in English, but then I went to the wiki to make sure I was getting them right to the Japanese. So I thought these were the Japanese ones because it's whatever is on the One Piece wiki. Ah, okay. So they're not the English titles. They're not. They're not. Interesting. I don't know where they come from then. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering, but maybe, or maybe like the ones I was thinking of were the English ones, whatever, doesn't matter. Anyhow, episode 33, Usopp's death, question mark, Luffy, yet to land. So Nojiko and Nami are at Bellamere's grave. Um, We'll get to them in a little bit. Using Momu, Luffy and company make it to Arlong Park. They kind of strap Momu to their ship and they shuttle him along. Usopp is able to shake his pursuers, but he gets captured anyway. This I love, my boy Zoro. Zoro, now free, uh, he doesn't waste his time and he doesn't run away. He just kills all the fishmen. Yeah. Injured and with one sword. It's great. Uh, Yeah, and my favorite part is that he's waiting on Arlong's throne. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He meets Hachi, uh, the octopus fishman, who his character trait is that he's kind of (laughs) dumb. Yeah. Who gives I, him? A, I love this. <laughs> I love Hachi. I, uh, yeah. They also call him Hachan. Hachan. Chan um, is an honorific, but what does Chan mean? Uh oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I I really should know that. I think it's like an honorific for like a for a child. I think it is. Yeah. Or or like yeah, a child. I think. Um. So yeah, Hachi gives him a ride to Kokoyashi Village, having no idea that he just slaughtered his crew members. And Arlong comes back. He sees what Zoro's done, and he is completely enraged, which is horrible timing for Usopp because he is presented before Arlong. I just looked it up. It's it's not just young children. It's kind of like people, like people or animals or like things that people find like endearing, like often like dogs, uh, like young women, grandparents, babies. That makes sense. Yeah. Hachi's kind of like the the dumb mascot of their crew. Yeah. Um, so uh, Usopp kind of doesn't know what's going on. Um, and Nami, I was going to call her Numo for some reason. Um, Numo kills him. I mean, Nami. Nami kills and him. She, and she says, die like a good little boy. 
Um, well, it depends on what you watch and read. So <laughs> sure. True. Um, in the manga, she stabs him. He throws a smoke bomb. She comes out of the smoke and she stabs him in the gut. And she tells him, I'm sorry, it's just business. Um, oh, and interesting. Then, and then she tells him, this is what you wanted, wasn't it? To die at sea. And oh. he kicks him in the water. Damn. I, I rewatched on like Crunchyroll and in, in Japanese because obviously. And she said, die like a good little boy. That's rough. Pretty rough. Uh, so Johnny sees all of this. Uh, yeah. Luffy finally makes landfall. They fly across the island and land in the middle of it. Uh, with Zoro and Johnny filling them in on what's been going on. So, so, yeah. so to all the world, it looks like Nami is a true traitor and she has murdered one of their crewmates. Pretty pretty good like mo- like comedy moments in this, like Zoro meeting Hachi and tricking Hachi into not seeing him as a threat and taking him to the village. He's kind of I, I I forgot. It's like he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm visiting Arlong. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Let me, let me take you to the village. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then like the you know, uh Momu um, pulling the ship and running it into Zoro is funny. Yeah. Uh, episode 34, Reunited, Usopp tells Nami's true story. Luffy comes to Nami's defense when Johnny explains Usopp's murder. Luffy right away is like, nope, didn't happen. I don't believe it. Nami's our friend. However, she herself shows up and taunts the crew. She tells them that Arlong is after them and she wants them to leave. Luffy falls asleep though he promises not to get into Nami's affairs. Um, and Luffy falls asleep or leaves like twice in this arc. And both times I'm like, this is just Oda trying to stretch this out because if he had yeah. Luffy help her now, obviously there wouldn't be an arc. So that's kind of my bugbear with this. There's two points where Luffy kind of checks out and I don't care for it. I, I'm I'm not like a pro storyteller, um, but maybe I'm going to maybe defend it a little bit in that like, by allowing more time, one of the things that I kind of like gathered on rewatch is that I I feel like the when the emotional moments at towards the end before the big fight come, they're very earned, not just by the entirety of the show that came before this, but of like what happens in this arc. And so I think taking its time a little bit actually helps in favor of like boosting the emotions. I when agree that, when with that you. Moment comes. I just wish Oda had thought of a different way to do it than like Luffy falls asleep. True. Um, Nojiko and company watch as Arlong sink the Marine ships that have come to save them. So these are not corrupt Marines. These are Marines. I forget his name, but there's an Admiral who wants to make a name for himself by defeating Arlong and the yeah. fishmen sink them with almost no difficulty at all. I, I can't remember who it, who, yeah, I can't remember the name. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, Arlong's minions try to convince him to keep Nami forever, uh, but he says he won't do it because he won't break a promise over money. Mm-hmm. And they they kind of talk up Nami's surveyor navigator skills quite a bit in this arc uh, in a way that's never brought up again, uh, which is kind of interesting. She's supposed to be this like crazy prodigy and they don't mention her maps like ever again. I don't actually mind that they don't do that. Um I mean, they, they 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 probably do. It's one of those things where it's like there's been so many episodes that I might just be misremembering. But even if they don't, I've never forgotten this about her. And I think that's the point. They yeah. really hammer it home here. And I'm always just like, well, even when Nami kind of like starts failing as a character, um, that's Oda's fault uh, later in the show. Um, I've always remembered that she is this pro navigator. That's that's good. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but either way, she's a massive asset to them. Um, but again, Arlong says, if it's about money, I'm not going to break my promise. Yes. 
Zoro decides, I love this moment. Again, yeah. Zoro, I love a lot of Zoro moments. Yes. Uh, Yosaku and Johnny are like, all right, well, let's go. And Zoro says, no, I'm staying with my captain. Every time Zoro shows like intense loyalty to Luffy, I just fucking love it. D squirts. Yeah. Uh, other, Usopp- kinds of squ- other kinds of squirts, too. Moving on. <laughs> um, Usopp rejoins the crew and fills them in. He's not dead. Uh, Nami didn't kill him. Nami actually stabbed her own hand to make it look as though... Uh, she had killed Usopp. Yeah. Nojiko comes home and finds that Nami has trashed the place. Uh, Nami has a map to her treasure in Kokoyashi Village, which will become important. Yes. Nojiko then meets up with the crew and she comes to explain Nami's past. Um, again, I don't love this. Um, Zoro falls asleep. That I'm fine with. But Luffy decides, no, I, I don't care. I don't need to hear it. I'm out. I. This is my one of my biggest doesn't work things about the entire arc i'm so glad you said that i it's just i so don't understand stupid that luffy doesn't care why he doesn't want the context of this yeah i um, think maybe it's oda trying to make the moment we get later seem more meaningful because he doesn't need to know he's just so like unapologetically like loyal without even needing additional reasons but i think that that's not it would have been better to have had Luffy react to an, this kind of story. And later in the show, in the story in general, Luffy always seems to kind of get the rundown beforehand and it fills him with rage. And then it kind of makes his efforts later a little bit more meaningful. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the episode closes with Nezumi, um, who is a Marine. We'll get to in a minute. Um, he shows up at Kokoyashi Village. Yeah, and he has uh, Genzo take him to Nami and Nojiko's house. Yes. Yep. So that brings us to episode 35, The Hidden Past, Female Fighter Bellamir. The Fishmen, uh, the Lieutenants, so Karubi, Chu, and uh, gosh, what's the third one? Oh, oh Hachi. Hachi, yeah. Uh, they come upon Luffy walking down the road, and Luffy walks by them, not at all intimidated. Love it. And they kind of comment that that's never happened before with a human. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really like stop him except to ask what he's doing, and he says, I'm just going for a walk. Mm-hmm. So, uh, meanwhile, Nojiko is giving the, the rest of the crew uh, kind of Nami and her story. So, the next, uh, basically, episode and a half are all told in flashback. So, in the flashback, a young Nami is caught shoplifting by Genzo. Genzo is unscarred at this point, so you know this is before you know stuff has gone down. Nami resents being poor, running off to Genzo, and Genzo explains Bellamere's past. As a Marine, uh, she saved a young Nojiko and baby Nami, adopting them. I like that this is really all you get about Nami's backstory. Uh, there's other characters later that will learn their parentage, and that's kind of a whole thing. I like that Nami is just a refugee and you don't really need to know where she comes from. I agree. Unless like in an arc down the road, she's like the princess of something, which I, think I would be. this isn't my fan fiction, but like knowing more about her could be interesting. I just don't think it's necessary. It's definitely not necessary. Um, Arlong and crew show up and attack the village. They say this village is ours now and they demand tribute for everyone. It's a hundred thousand berries for chi- uh, adults and 50,000 for each child. Nami and her family aren't noticed or counted because we didn't bring it up, but they live in a tangerine grove outside of town. Um, as part of being very poor, Noji or not Nojiko, Bellamere sells her tangerines, but it doesn't make her very much money. So she can't afford to buy them like nice food or nice clothes. Yeah. 
Arlong notices the smoke coming from the Tangerine Grove and he goes to investigate. We move on to episode 36, Survive, the Mother Bellamere and Nami's family. So we're still in the flashback. Arlong arrives at Bellamere's house and she catches him by surprise. I I like this in the anime, but I love this in the manga just because of the uh, blocking of it and the yeah. just the shots of it. She kind of uh, grabs a rifle and kicks down the door with her one leg way up and then kind of rolls forward and gets her gun right in Arlong's teeth. Um, I can't explain it better than that, but it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think you did a good job. Yeah, the kids, uh, Nami and Nojiko, are running up to the house because they know the pirates are there and they're scared for Bellamere. But the doctor stops them. He tells them that they have to leave the island as soon as they can. Uh, because again, Bellamere doesn't have the money to pay for them. This um, is my other bugbear with this art. Genzo attempts to help Bellamere by lying because the fishmen notice that there are three plate sets at uh, Bellamere's table. So <laughs> they say, you must have two children or two other adults living with you. Genzo quickly thinks on his feet, says, no, I was coming over for lunch and the doctor or other friend was coming over. So that's why there are three plates. They check the records and Bellamere has no record of a family. So they're about to let her go. When Bellamere confesses the truth, saying that actually she does have two children and the 100,000 berry are for them, not her. So uh, there's a very tearful reunion between her and the girls, uh, and she tells them to live and to smile and to struggle through hard times. And then Arlong shoots her in the chest and kills her. Yeah. Um, she dies really pointlessly, right? Yes, a lot of a lot of people do die in anime pretty pointlessly for the for the sake of like emotion. Um, you would think she would like live to be their mother, but she's fine just checking out. Yeah, maybe she hated being their mother. And she's <laughs> like, this she is really my did. only way out. That's the fan fiction. <laughs> oh, God. She's like on her last wits end and she's oh, like, man. this is the way out. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh. the other, the other villagers are kind of cowed into submission after this. No one's going to be willing to fight back now. Yeah. So Nami is the one out. brave person in the village just went out, like said, see you later. I don't care. Exactly. And now also, no one else had the, Is had... this where, uh, Genzo gets chopped up? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So Genzo gets chopped up by Karubi, which is weird because Karubi's not a swordsman and Hachi is. Uh, so I don't know why they didn't have Hachi do it, but anyway. Uh, also, difference between the anime and the manga. In the anime, uh, Nami is taken away by Arlong. She's kind of kidnapped for her map-making skills. Whereas in the manga, it's um, sort of made clear that she goes to Arlong on her own. Um, but either way, she returns to the village with a well, bunch of money. sort of. Yeah. No, I guess you're right. Yeah. Okay. I... I, I... I think it I think the manga version plays more into her motivations like she gets the plan and decides to go do it herself whereas in the anime it's like they just take her with and she kind of is stuck there and comes up with this plan anyway true yeah and she comes back and she's just like yeah I'm with them and I'm proud of it like and that's the part I was remembering like yeah 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 well, she never says she's proud of, them, of well, it. She, right. she does show them a lot of money, and she said, they have all this money, they'll buy me things. Yeah, she doesn't say proud. She just she she show, she show makes it seem like she doesn't have regret about it. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And I think in her mind, like, to, to play devil's advocate and, like, kind of go into Nami's head a little bit, 
I think in an oblique way, she's trying to not tell them her plan, but in her head, she's like, they have all this money. This can work. Yeah. Anyway, she shows off her tattoo, which kind of cements her place in the Arlong Pirates. I also think it's funny, the idea of giving a seven-year-old this tattoo. Yeah. (laughs) Like an eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, But after this, the villagers hate and despise her. They hate her choice. Um, Nojiko is enraged, and so is Genzo, that she would seemingly so brazenly betray Bellamir and everything Bellamir was trying to do for them. Yeah. Um, Later, Nami and Nojiko talk at Bellamir's grave, and it's there that Nami explains her plan to buy back the village. So her and Nojiko kind of at least understand each other now. Um, in the end, or I'm sorry, in the live action, Nojiko doesn't know, and I kind of don't like that. I like I that Nami has at least one person she can confide in. I don't like that either. Yeah. So back in the present, the crew finish hearing the story, uh, and Nojiko tells them, stay out of it. It's none of your business. <laughs> Nami's been suffering this way for eight years, and you have to let her do this. Yeah. Finally, um, Nezumi, the corrupt Marine captain. Can I just say I love Nezumi's uh, design? He has like mouse ears on his hat and he has whiskers yeah. for some reason. And the show, I cannot believe that they actually did that in the live action. But it works. It does. It does work. And I think it's also worth mentioning um, or just emphasizing that like Nojiko saying stay out of it. Like every time Luffy comes across Nami or really Nami comes across any of the straw hats, she's just like, leave me alone. Get out of here now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Nezumi shows up at oh also Nezumi Nezumi Corner. Uh, so I watched this with Edgar, who is not a big anime fan, but by the end of this, he's actually kind of turned around. He was Ooh. pretty into it. And when Nezumi came up, he just turns to me and goes, "Why does that guy look like a mouse?" <laughs> and I kind of shrugged and go, "I don't know. It's One Piece." Yeah, exactly. There's no explanation for it. Yeah. Um, so he is there, ready to confiscate Nami's treasure. Episode thirty-seven. Luffy stands up end of a broken promise this is a big one this is a big one this is my favorite episode of this whole arc yep same so genzo reveals that he knew nami's plan to buy back the village all along everybody in the village does however they didn't want her to feel like if she let them down or yeah that she let them down by fleeing they basically want her to run away and not feel guilty if she decides to do that yeah they're they're really just like yeah they 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 do want the best for her like he they tell the marines like Genzo tells the marines that the money's for repurchase of the town tells Nami that he like everyone knew about it the whole time which is interesting like their react their immediate reaction to Nami doing that seems like it's a little bit contra- contradicting this that they that they knew already or they're just all the entire town are just really good actors well, um I uh, I always assume Nojiko told Genzo who told everybody. Oh, you're right. They're, so their initial reaction was genuine. Yeah, which by the way, don't tell Nojiko any secrets. Right. And I think it's I think it's a good it's it's it works for me on an emotional level that they just wanted like her to live her life and like just run from Arlong, stop spending your life trying to help us, but it didn't work. She did that anyway. Yeah, and in their mind, the village is lost. So they, yeah, like you said, they just want her to get away and live her life. So the only way to do that is to be a real dick to her. Yeah, and like, so Nezumi knows, like, exactly how many berries to look for, which, you know, right? Oh, yes. Reveals that he's in league with Arlong. 
Good point. And, he mentions. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he mentions that, and then they kind of catch on to that immediately. And Nami starts trying to prevent the Marines from taking the money. She starts trying to like beat the shit out of them. Um, but there's nothing they can. There's nothing she can do. There's too many of them. Yeah, exactly. So they find her treasure, um, and Nojiko is shot. Yep. Um, I don't know why. Just to make the Marines look she, worse, because she's, she's trying to for the rest well, of the arc. I think they were about to shoot Nami, and then Nojiko oh, right. runs, which it doesn't make any sense. I would imagine if Arlong really cared, which he clearly does, want Nami, that like they would have told them not to shoot anybody, especially or not to shoot Nami. But it, they they do set it up where Nojiko is like trying to like protect Nami and gets shot doing so. But Nezumi's kind of a moron, so I could see him doing that. That's true. That's true. Um, Luffy greets Nami again, and she tells him to leave again. Yep. Um, pretty consistent for this arc. Yet again. Nami goes to confront Arlong, and um, Arlong says, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and he plans to keep her until she charts all of the world's oceans, and then he'll let her go. Well, he says, he doesn't say, like, tell that to her. Like, right. he'll den- he denies it. He claims he never broke the deal tells her that if you want the village back, just start again from scratch. How long could it take? It's a good moment where it's just like really just, I, I remember just feeling so horrible and so enraged Um, at like, you could really feel the amount of effort Nami put in and you really feel her, her rage when it's taken away from her. And yeah, then she leaves. Um, Well, I mean, tells her that if she tries to run away, he'll kill everyone in the village, which I think, which I think he said before, then she runs off. And then he says, I'm going to keep her until she charts the entire world's oceans. And then there's this, this funny moment where they all, I remember, I don't know if it happens in the English one, but they're all just like commenting on like, they're like, Oh, that's funny because it's going to take forever to do that. It's like, okay, don't, you don't need to say that in the, yeah. In the English, they say something like it'll take the rest of her life. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the rest of them were just like, Oh, the, ha, there's a lot of sea. I get it. <laughs> there's, there's a whole lot of ocean out there. <laughs> Um, uh, the other thing that I didn't mention, but it connects back to what you were saying about feeling enraged when they unearth the money, they comment that a lot of it is falling apart and covered in blood. Yeah. And they show flashbacks of Nojiko and Nami yeah. coming back from various excursions to get treasure. And she's like bandaged and beat up and cut and Nojiko's worried about her, but she's just saying like, no, no, it's worth it. I only need a little more. I can do it. I would have actually liked to have seen a couple more, like maybe one full flashback of her doing something really dangerous to get some of this money. I would love that. Um, but that plays into like, you're there with her. You you feel how much she struggled to get this yeah. and it's all being taken away. It's so well done. So the villagers decide to fight for their freedom or die which has kind of been simmering this whole time, um, but they've been placated knowing that maybe Nami will buy the village back. Yep. Now that's not happening. Nami tries to stop them. And this is really sad too. Um, She says a line, something like I can do it again and I'll do it faster this time. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But the village, like you, me and the villagers know that like, no Nami, like it's over. Like this, this isn't happening. Like my second favorite moment of the episode uh, after what you're about to describe is when Genzo hugs her like really closely and tells her like, basically like you need to go live your life. And then some emotional music plays, which is just kind of like this, like almost like, I don't know if it's a harp. It's not a harp. It's like some like, really like beautiful minimalistic like sad version of we are i didn't pick up on that yeah 
that's cool i like that yeah they, um, it plays a couple times during the first like 100 episodes or so um but yeah interesting yep so yeah genzo and everyone tells her to like the fight's over like we're we're all going to die but it's time for you to leave and like you said live your life mm-hmm so they leave and Nami is left alone in the village. Again, this is my favorite moment in the whole arc. My favorite moment in this episode. One of this my favorite like, memorable moments in the entire show. Yep. This is Chef's Kiss. Nami is thinking of Arlong and his laugh starts playing in the background. And she picks up the knife she was holding and starts screaming Arlong's name over and over and over again. And as she does, she stabs her tattoo again and again and again. Um beautiful like yeah. beautiful sad i will say the emotional delivery of this in japanese is so much better than english <laughs> i haven't watched so this better. moment in english and i i don't want to it would just upset don't. me um also arlong's laugh in the english is just a normal laugh but oh, in no. the japanese it's that yeah yeah ah, oh it's ah, so much better that way it's so much better so luffy shows up grabs the knife um and she kind of tells him get out of here like you don't know what's going on and he says i don't yep and um tell tells him something else and he says like i don't care um and then finally she uh kind of oh he puts his hat on her right so um, is that why don't you talk us through this so yeah like so she she's like about first of all i've always been like confused by how hard she's stabbing her own arm like that like knife should go so deep and like f up her muscles and shit like or like stab her bone with how hard she's like stabbing herself and how long that knife is but well, anyway people get egregious injuries in one piece and then they're true. Like, true true and yeah and then luffy like as as you mentioned like he grabs her her hand so she can't like her arm is her wrist is she, so she stops stabbing herself and at, at that point there is a complete lack of music yeah it's the sound of like wind and nami crying and talking and it's so well done yeah, you just mentioned she yells at him. He admits he doesn't know what she's going through. And after a moment, she finally, and like, it's a good moment. Like the movie, this moment is not rushed. She kind of like finally, like amid tears, finally asks for Luffy's help. She's like, Luffy, help me. Yeah. And then and he, Luffy. Yeah. Jumps forward and loudly screams like, of course I will. That's when he push puts his hat on her. Like he puts his yes. hat on her. And then turns around kind of and starts walking away and says, like, I will. Um, and well, so then importantly, there is a brief, like few second flashback showing Nami remember how important Luffy's hat is to him. Yeah, his he, hat is my treasure. Right. And he get and so he, the fact that he gives it to her is extremely important. Yes. And it's the only time I think in the entire show that he ever lets anyone else wear his hat i think you're right the other thing i like about this moment near the beginning of it when she's telling him to leave is she kind of grabs like dirt and dust from the road and kind of tosses it back at him yeah and it's just such a feeble pathetic it's so um, great action it just shows how like low and sad she is yeah and then almost as good as the moment that just happened is when it zooms out then and you see sanji zoro and usopp all sitting there already like, like, like they knew this was gonna like they knew Luffy was gonna do something like this. Um, and then the music track, I believe it's called Overtaken. Oh, it's so um, good. It's I this is you know, we can't I'm so glad you brought anything. that up. I also had a note on that. 
Um, but it plays when like pretty awesome moments happen in the show. Um, and this is one of them. Yep. So the crew assemble and they march on Arlong Park. And I love that they're just walking in a like a cross line together. Um, Without and... Nami, though, that's important because the live action does have Nami join them. Oh, interesting. We haven't watched the final episode yet. Oh, okay. So you just spoiled that. So thanks a lot, well, Dick. Sorry. <laughs> um, so they march on Arlong Park and uh, the, the villagers have showed up at Arlong Park and Yosaku and Johnny will not let them in. Yeah, um, this is crazy and... to me. <laughs> Yeah, they get beaten off screen, which is stupid. Yeah. But whatever. They're like, um, just wait, help will come. We challenged Arlong and we kicked our ass. Yeah. Why would he do that? And they thought and they knew help would come. Why did they challenge Arlong at all? I don't know. Um, but they say they're waiting for a certain crew. Um, the crew shows up. Oh, and they say, like, listen, if these people can't beat Arlong, it's over for us and it's over for the East Blue, like as a whole. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, good stakes. Our- and I love this line, like, burn their images in your eyes. These are the men that come to change your fate. I love when people have such massive faith in the Straw Hats without actually having fully seen what they can do. Yes. And then, again, this is my favorite episode. Another moment I love. Oh, my God. Luffy yeah. busts down the wall. Because, again, he doesn't actually know what Arlong looks like. Yeah. He busts down the wall and looks up and just says, which one of you is Arlong? Yep. So good. So, so good. And and it's also kind of important to mention that sometimes the way that the show and I think maybe I have more like I'm more experienced seeing this, especially than you have given that I've watched the entire show. Sometimes they don't do a good job of of pacing individual episodes like they're, they're like there would be a moment equivalent to this breaking down the wall. In like the beginning of the next episode instead of the end of this one. Oh, I like see every saying. once in a while, they'll 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 not quite like have individual episodes like sectioned off the right way. Uh, and probably that, that probably based a, on where they're cutting and pasting from the manga. Yeah, it can be a little frustrating. It doesn't happen too often, but it's just important to note that this episode is just so perfectly paced. They fit everything good into this episode. The way they have like Nami's treasure get taken, and then that moment with Luffy, and then this moment, it's, it's so great. Chef's yeah. kiss. Best episode of the arc for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, episode 38, Luffy in trouble. Fishmen versus Luffy Pirates. Um, I don't like this because both Edgar and I were like, are they the straw hat pirates? Uh but, yeah, it's annoying. And it's, I think it's also in the other translations, Luffy Pirates as well. But like we're also probably gonna maybe fly through these episodes faster because it's more just like so-and-so attacks so-and-so so-and-so attacks so-and-so yeah Yeah. i described like some of the fight in my notes but i mean it's a lot of like zoro and hachan fight yeah i've got like a couple notes too but my guess is you're gonna cover all of it yeah so luffy confronts arlong as we said punching oh he punches arlong through a wall um and no one's seen arlong hurt like that before yeah he like walks right up to Arlong and punches him in the face, which is like, fuck yeah. And then like Arlong goes like flying into a wall. Uh, Zoro, Sanji, and Usopp are there to back him up. Momu shows up, and this is where everyone freaks out. Everyone's terrified of Momu. But Momu is scared of Luffy and Sanji after the beating he got. Um, Cleverly, Luffy uses Momu as a means to take out all the other fishmen. And like, Momu was going to run away, but like Arlong goads it into attacking the Straw Hats. I think... yeah. Momu's scared of the Straw Hats, but he's more afraid of Arlong. Yep. 
Um, so Luffy twists up and does a gum gum pinwheel to knock all the other fishmen out. The first and only the... time he uses gum 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 pinwheel for, well, for good cause... reason, because in order to do it, he has to slam his feet into the ground, concrete, into yeah. concrete. And um, but Edgar asked, he's like, "Well, the fishmen are so strong. Like, how are they going to take out a whole crew of fishmen?" And in my head, I was like, "Oh, don't you worry. Luffy's going to do it with Momu." <laughs> um so yeah luffy gets stuck in the cement and this is kind of where again one piece trope um there's usually some number of lieutenants for the big bad and at a certain point in the arc everyone kind of splits off into their own fights uh which is a trope i love but in this case they split Same. up into these individual fights of zoro versus hachi sanji versus karubi and Usopp versus chu yep and by the end of the episode, Luffy is thrown into the ocean where his devil fruit powers will not work. And he will. Yeah. Die. Good comedy here of like Luffy being stuck. They're like, Luffy, get out of the way. Like, like, what are you doing? And then he's like, actually, I can't move my feet. And then Arlong just picks up the entire chunk of concrete that Luffy's st- like standing in, throws it in the water. And by this point in the show, one thing we didn't mention um, in our background is that when you eat a devil fruit power, you lose the ability to swim and seawater, it becomes your weakness. And yes. so Luffy, so at this point in the show, when you see Luffy get thrown in, you're like, oh shit, Luffy could die. Except you yes. know he won't. Yeah, there's another Luffy might be dead moment that I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You guys. <laughs> um, so episode 39, Luffy drowning, Zoro versus Octopus Hachan. So Zoro and Sanji begin their respective fights. Remember, Zoro is heavily injured. Uh, Nojiko and Genzo go to save Luffy underwater. All the villagers villagers want to help, but they realize that if we all go, Arlong's going to notice. So it's just going to be these two. And it's cool, like Genzo, or sorry, Nojiko basically takes Luffy's head using his like stretch ability and like pulls it all the way out of the water from Flutter. like far away, um, yeah. while while Genzo is underwater giving him CPR. Also, the amount of time people can hold their breath in this show is a little insane. I love it. Yeah. And they can, like, talk to each other underwater psychically, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, again, Zoro's in bad shape. He collapses, but he is able to get back up. Um, Usopp is being chased by Chu. Um, We should also mention each of their specialties. So, Hachan is a swordsman. Chu is able to shoot, like, water bullets out of his mouth. And Karubi is a master of uh, fishman karate. Hell yeah. I also love, just side note, I love that Fishman Karate, like, doesn't begin and end here. Like, we yep. get Karate later. And, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jinbei mentions karate. it, like, a hundred times. Yeah, so it's not, like, isolated to this arc. Again, more work. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zoro bandanas up, and if you know Zoro, every time he puts his bandana on, that's going to be the closer. Oh, yeah. So, Hachi, I love this. Hachi throws him up in the air and starts twirling all six of his swords. To six create- sword style. Six sword style to create like a blender. Um, and Zoro uh, spins through the blades, like t- matches the timing perfectly and slashes Hachi's hands. Using dragon twister. Finishes him off with a dragon twister. Hell yeah. I love it. Yep. Um, Nami heads to Arlong Park and the episode ends with Sanji jumping into the pool to save Luffy. Yep, he notices the rock that's trapping him and is trying to go to break it, but then Karobi or Karubi stops him. Yes. Uh, episode 40, Proud, Tall Warriors, Dramatic Battle of Sanji and Usopp. So, about to kill Genzo, Karubi is stopped by Sanji. They're fighting underwater. 
he does something to Sanji that I'm like, well, Sanji would be just be dead. Um, <laughs> he brings him so low on the water that the water pressure like crushes his internal organs. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Um, so Sanji, again, like he has no air left in his lungs. He's about to drown. Yet somehow he beats Karubi by breathing into his gills. <laughs> um, and then they go up outside. And after Karubi insults Nami, uh, Sanji like combos him with some kicks. It doesn't really make sense because like Karubi is out of the water a lot. <laughs> so like oxygen doesn't kill him. Apparently not. I, I didn't quite get it, but fine. Uh, Usopp regrets being a coward and he confronts Chu after Chu is, you know, trying to kill him. Um, this is a little bit clever too. He whips a bottle of sake at him and then breaks it, soaking him with alcohol before setting him on fire with an exploding star. Yep. Like that. Um, and the episode ends with Nami finally arriving at Arlong Park. So again, these episodes move at a faster clip. We've got more action here. I really have like no notes on like the rest of them for the most yeah. part. Again, One Piece, it's trope, slow burn to like get the arc going. Um, but then once action starts happening, it's kind of action until the arc wraps up. Yeah. Um, take a look at what the Wano arc. Oh my god. Yeah. Episode 41. Oh, we're doing the Wano arc next week, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that'll be seven episodes. That's and James is doing the outline, so it'll be great. <laughs> um, episode 41, Luffy's best, Nami's courage, and the straw hat. So Nami has arrived at Arlong Park, and she says she's going to kill Arlong. Uh, he gives her the choice to rejoin his crew or everyone else dies. Luffy and the... Oh, well, Luffy and the crew he's going to kill anyway, but he'll kill all the villagers. Yeah. Yep. She chooses to fight to the fight to the death with the village. Sanji dives in to free Luffy from his rock. Um, he's able to crush it. Usopp arrives back on the scene to distract Arlong, and Zoro attempts to face Arlong, but he gets beaten easily. He's way too injured. Yeah. He's way too injured, but I just love that this idea that, you know, if Luffy's about to be freed, all the other straw hats are like desperately like, if we have to buy him 30 seconds, we'll do yeah. what it takes to buy him 30 seconds. I also like forgot to mention that like when Zoro like beats Hachi, he like kind of mentions his motivation. He's like, I can't die because I need to fight Mihawk. Like I need to see that guy again and beat him. So I I, I cannot die. Yes. Which is weird um, that he's already he almost dies fighting Hachi and then he still goes after Arlong. Yeah, I also it kind of contradicts something that happens in the manga later where he's about to die and he's like, Well, I'll make a cool statue. And I was like, <laughs> what? what about Mihawk? <laughs> what? Anyway, yeah. Um, so Hachi goes down to stop Nami. Um, but Zoro points out that when Hachi was lying down unmoving, his wound sealed, but because of the sea pressure, they'll all open up. Which is clever, and I like how Hachi kind of like bursts underwater. Yeah. Luffy is free. Um, he screams, I'm back. This is another One Piece trope. Luffy will get taken out of the action for some reason, um, and he'll come back in at the end. Luffy is the closer. And by that, like, it probably happens every, it happens every single arc. battle. Yeah. Every but, single uh, major enemy. Sometimes he gets taken out multiple times. Yeah, I told Edgar. I was like, no, no, no. Luffy is the closer. When Luffy gets free, you know, things are going to end. Yep. Uh, episode 42, Bursting Out, Fishman Arlong, Fearsome Attacks from the Sea. Uh, I love this moment in the manga, but I don't think they do it very well in the anime. Which part? So Luffy, Luffy picks up some swords, and he comes at Arlong. Um, but they're saying, like, what is he doing? He's not a swordsman. He's an idiot. Why is he fighting with swords? Oh, okay. But it's all to trick Arlong into biting one of the swords so that Luffy can punch him and break his teeth. Um, in the anime... 
Arlong just bites through the sword and then like Luffy punches him and it breaks his teeth. But in the manga, it's made very clear that Luffy wants him chomping down on something so his teeth will shatter. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so it's a, it's a little thing, but I, I like that. Okay. Um, however, he's a shark, so his teeth grow back. Um, I like this moment too. Luffy tells Arlong how he relies on his friends. And the way he does that is he says like, well, I can't fight with swords and I can't cook and I can't draw maps and I can't lie. So like all I can do is fight. Like I need my friends to back me up. Yep. Love it. Arlong assaults Luffy with his teeth. He spits out other sets of teeth, which is a little silly, but I like it. Um, And Luffy gets bitten in the arm, but is able to flip him over to get free. The villagers comment that like Luffy has great instincts. If Luffy tried to pull out or take a step backwards, Arlong would have taken his arm. Luffy jumps into the sea and he begins his assault from there. He kind of shoots out of the water and uses his nose to try and skewer Luffy. But thinking on his feet, Luffy uh, interlaces his fingers and kind of makes a net. He uses gum gum net to trap Arlong. Um, And Arlong kind of goes into berserker mode. He grabs like a giant sawtooth sword and fights Luffy all the way to the top of Arlong Park, ending in Nami's navigation. If we didn't say before, like it's a little confusing, like Arlong Park seems like it's this entire like fenced in area, but it's really just the name of this building, this like tall, tall building. Yeah, and you hear park, and you're like, amusement park. And, like, no, it's just called park for some reason. Although yeah. Although, live action, they uh, have, like, a weird carnival. It's basically, like, a SeaWorld exhibit outside. And it's an, it, it's one of my big... Honestly, I think the last two episodes of the live action are two of, like, the weaker ones. Even though yeah. I like moment... You'll get to the moment where Sanji and Zoro fight, and it's kind of fun. I like that. Episode 43, we've got two left. We're almost done. The end of the Fishman Empire, Nami is my friend. Enraged at Arlong and Nami's, or I'm sorry, enraged at Arlong, um, and Luffy finds a blood-stained pen um, that used to belong to Nami. Yeah. Luffy begins to smash the place up, ruining the sea charts. Yep. And Arlong freaks out. He's like, this is eight years of work. This is how the Fishmen were going to take over the world. Like, you have to stop doing this. Do you think Nami would realistically be upset at this too it's like so much of her work <laughs> even you know though she, i i, I was know. thinking about that and i was like even if i was doing work under duress i would still have a lot of pride i would it. too i would like, when i was thinking the, the exact thing i was thinking of when i was watching this was if i get kidnapped and they're like you need to build all these extremely complicated lego sets and then someone started <laughs> breaking all the legos i'd be like no no um, but as Nami sees the charts flying out the window, Luffy kicks her desks, her kicks her desk out the window. She reminisces about her time being held prisoner by Arlong in that room, and she starts crying and she tells Luffy, thank you. Um, so apparently she does cry. Yeah. Luffy, or I'm sorry, Arlong bites Luffy's neck, which should kill him, but for some reason doesn't. Um, and Luffy snaps his nose. Uh Arlong is enraged and comes at him as like kind of a drill. And Luffy closes the fight by bringing down all of Arlong Park and Arlong, Arlong with a good old gum gum battle axe. Hell yeah. That's um, where he raises his foot like all the way through the ceiling. The only thing that bothered me Lands about this, down. it's really cool and it's like a clever way to bring down the whole building. But it's like he already did, did this against Don Krieg. Like we already saw this. Movie. Oh, that's but, right. Anyway. Oh, I didn't I didn't rewatch that part. Um, there's a lot of speculation after the building goes down, like, is Luffy dead? No, of course he's uh, not. It happens he's, every time. Yeah, he's the main character. Luffy is not dead. 
Yeah. Luffy tells Nami that she'll always be his friend and she cries a green. All the villagers celebrate and Nami gives Luffy his hat back. Uh, this is kind of interrupted by Nezumi showing up and he's expecting to steal whatever he can. He says he's there to confiscate all the pirate treasure. Um, but the Straw Hats beat the shit out of him uh, and send him packing. They say don't touch any of his treasure and don't touch Kokoyashi Village. He says he will, but he says they've made a very powerful enemy. So yeah. he kind of runs. Um, we get a pointless recap of what's come before. Um, this is an anime thing. We'll get pointless recaps of many things. Yeah. And then Nezumi, the episode closes with Nezumi reporting to the world government about the Straw Hats and their activities. Yep. Uh, including printing up Luffy's first wanted poster. Um, so this is kind of where the Straw Hats get their real start and they get catch the eye of the world government, uh, which is a theme that will continue throughout the rest of the series. I like that this is kind of their big start right before they leave for the Grand Line. Yeah. Um, last episode of the arc, episode 44, setting off with a smile. Farewell, my hometown Kogoyashi village. Um, everyone's celebrating the defeat of Arlong. They have like a three-day-long party. Um, Zoro gets seen by the doctor, and he gets his scar actually kind of patched up. Uh, Luffy gets the idea to add a doctor and a musician to the crew, which I think is cool. This is kind of the seed of that idea. Yep. Um, eventually, we will get a doctor and a musician. I asked Edgar, which one do you think they'll get first? And he said, oh, definitely a musician. And I was like, well, that's what Luffy would want, but we'll see. We were like, sorry, Edgar, you idiot. Yeah. He gets a humanoid reindeer doctor. <laughs> How could you not see that coming, Edgar? Yeah, come on. <laughs> sorry, uh, Edgar. Nami visits Bellamere's grave, which is like the 20th time someone's visits Bellamere's grave in this arc. Um, Nojiko and the boy from the beginning of the arc that Nami had assaulted, uh, they reflect on the future. He kind of says, you know, you can't, you know, let the past define you. It's your choices in the future that kind of make who you are. Nami gets her tattoo changed to a pinwheel tangerine combination. I how? hate how they do this in the anime. How, I don't know how. How do you just manipulate a tattoo that's... That, and also, how do you... She's got, like, scars everywhere all over her arm. How do we never see that again? I don't know, but in the manga, she reveals the tattoo to the crew when she's on the ship with them. In the episode, we see a drawing of it, but she never reveals it to anybody. Um, I thought she did. No, she doesn't. They just show the drawing of it. No. It's weird. Hmm. Anyway, um, Luffy and Genzo talk at Bellamere's grave, and Genzo warns Luffy to take care of Nami or he will kill her. Or him, rather. (laughs) That would be, don't take care of Nami, and guess what? I'm going to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nami reflects on her time with Bellamere, and as the crew prepare to set sail, Johnny and Yosaku stay behind. They have their own lives to get back to. Um, Yanni, or Yanni, Johnny and Yosaku. <laughs> Yanni, 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 like the, was it, was he playing clarinet? <laughs> no, no, he plays like alto saxophone. <laughs> something I can't like remember. That. Yanni. Um, but they get left behind. Uh, they're going to go off to their own lives. Uh, I like the tradition of having temporary crewmates. My favorite being Vivi, but these guys are fine. Um, they only exist really so that Zoro can get two more swords and so that they can watch Usopp be killed. Oh, yeah. Did we mention that he uses yeah. their swords to beat, did not. to beat Hachan? In this really cool move, he has them throw their swords at him, catches them at the last minute, kind of does a um, like ducking spin and slashes Hachan. It's yeah. really cool. Um, the crew prepare to set sail. Yeah, I said that. They're leaving them behind. Nami has left the 100 million berries she collected for the village. 
But before she goes, she runs through all the villagers. She doesn't stop to say goodbye. And when she gets on the ship, everyone realizes that she has pickpocketed them. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's a nice touch. It, um, she, it's a little bit of you a know, dick like, mood. It's dick a dick move. move, but I like how it's like she, she gave them the 100 million berries. But this is her way of being like, it's it's Nami's Irish goodbye. That's right? true. Nami, Nami's Irish goodbye at a party. Right. She, like, and none of them look at it as like that bitch. They're always like, oh. Yeah. They're, they're the all English, like, yeah. Cool. In the English, they say like "you crazy cat burglar" or something like that, or like yeah. "you lousy pickpocket." Yeah, really mad. Yeah, and um, they sail off to their next adventure. Yeah, that is um, that's the arc, and that was it. So, what works about this? One of the things I like most about this arc um, is that the scale for One Piece is really small, and you know, you might be thinking like, "Well, why is that a good thing?" One Piece eventually gets up to the scale of like kingdoms. Like Luffy is saving whole kingdoms with thousands of people. Um, probably by the end of One Piece, he'll be saving the world, um, which is cool. And I like those big maximalist kind of conflicts. But this one is so much more personal. It's just about one village. It's mainly about Nami. Um, and I just, I love the character beats. I love the fights. Uh, I think they're really cool. One Piece does a really good job of adding like handicaps to characters to make things interesting. I love that Zoro's still injured. I love that Sanji is trying to do this fight underwater against the fishman, even though he can't. I love that we have Usopp kind of fighting this hyper competent fishman and still is able to best him. I love Genzo. I love his design. I love his emotional impact on Nami. I love Noji Koko. Um, there's just so much about this that works. Um, I have like two things that doesn't work, but. Tell me, what do you think works? I mean, you basically covered everything, including the, the the most major thing I wanted to mention is the first thing that you mentioned, which was like, this is like the first and arguably the most effective time that Luffy defeats a threat that is so deeply personal um, and, and as a way of like resolving a very grounded conflict. And like he yeah. does this a lot, kind of, but this is the most effective. Like I would say Dress Rosa is probably the second most effective to me in terms of like, saving someone or some group of people from like a from a threat i mean this is this is kind of a thing that's repeated in one piece where you know a, a particular like community or country is taken over by an oppressive force and luffy learns about what that force is and becomes enraged and then makes it his goal to free those people that but essentially is one piece there really is one piece but like some of the longer arcs and grander scale of this uh, later in the show makes it feel a little bit less grounded and it, it's just so like sm so the, the small scale is just so it, it's so deeply personal um, this time and I think I appreciated that more going back now having seen the grander scale yeah also um, I like that kind of all has been lost when you enter the arc like this is the villagers lowest point um, whereas other arcs, like there's that ticking clock, but like all is not lost yet. Like in Alabasta, right? It would be like if Crocodile was in charge of Alabasta when Luffy and them went and Alabasta was like this horrific place. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that it's ar it already begins in kind of a hopeless place and Luffy and crew show up and turn everything around. Yep. Um, what doesn't work to you? I guess the pacing a little bit, um, but that's kind of it. Yeah, mine goes along with the pacing. Um, I just, and it's probably because I haven't watched anime in a, a little while. Like I, I read, you know, manga primarily. I can't fucking stand the peanut gallery. 
<laughs> I can't stand when they cut back to him like he's so strong. Like, hey, big bro Luffy, dodge it. Yeah. Or, like I I can't do it because none of that's in the manga. Like they don't have the peanut gallery. So I yeah, can't. it's just a, it's it's a sh- it's a show lengthener, and I I uh yeah i mean that is a trope that i both like and hate it really depends on its use and overuse and it's overused here yeah and like i would say the greatest offender that i have personally seen i haven't watched like a shitload of anime but like dragon ball oh, does God. this to an absolutely insane degree they're both so powerful yeah um, yeah, I don't like that, and I don't like Luffy falling asleep. Those are like my main yeah, bugbears. I'll agree but with you on the sleeping. Neither part. of them, you know, neither of them ruin the arc at all. They're just kind of nitpicks. Yeah. Um, would you want to live in the world of One Piece? One hundred percent, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the real question, though: Would you eat a devil? You and I have talked about this before, and I am super, super torn. I think, and this is a spoiler for later things in the show. But once you kind of learn what hockey is and that you can use hockey without needing a devil fruit, I think I might opt for just becoming a really uh, adept hockey user. Yeah, I would follow in the footsteps of my boy Zoro. Yeah, Zoro and Sanji. I want to be able to like hop through the sky and I don't need a devil fruit to do it. Well, yeah, but hey, Sanji has some other stuff going on, but that's for a much well, later arc. Yeah, I also fancy myself more of a um, assist, like a first mate. I'd never want to be a captain of a ship. No. I don't no. want to be the most powerful. I'd like to help the most powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Um, could you think of an Arlong Park arc video game? I have a very uninspired answer for this, and it's basically like a Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi type game. Uh, for one piece where you just have like fights, it's just like one-on-one fights, and then you have cutscenes for story, and anytime two characters confront each other, they have to fight. But that yeah. doesn't really work that well. Cause like, I mean, it, Dragon Ball Z, Budokai Tenkaichi, I, I forget if you've played those games. I have. But like they will do even the most insignificant fights. And like it in in when you have that here, it doesn't really work. Like it, it, they would seriously like have like Nami and Usopp fight. <laughs> which should which should be like so silly yeah but you know whatever um i thought because it's not a super long arc and there's not much you could do to like pad it out as a video game i thought it would be cool to do as like just a 10 to 12 hour um kind of easier souls like um where you're going around the island and um like you have more considered combat um because the the way one piece video games have been going for like probably the last 10 years is just muso games Yes. Um, and Muso games work for One Piece, especially in the like the later arcs when they're fighting like whole armies at a time. Sometimes they're side scroller like fighting games though, like moving from left to right. Yeah. Um, but I would do like I would do like a Souls like like a probably an easier, goofier like. Oh, that'd be um, cool. You know, cell shaded. Yeah, you'd be fighting fishmen around the island, things like that. Maybe you you know you could pat it out a little bit like. Maybe they have to go to a cave to search for something. Like maybe they have to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so that was my idea. Hmm. So I just want to mention to you that like I when I was in Japan last, I bought a DS game, a like a, a one piece DS game that's like centered around the Rainford battle. 
Oh, how did that? How did that? Uh, I haven't played it. I mean, I, it, it's sitting there. I, I basically have two games that I need to play for my DS that I bought, that I bought recently. One, one of them was that. And the other was uh, professor Layton in the curious village. Nice. But the one piece one being in Japanese will make it harder for me to play because um, it will be hard to read. <laughs> uh, it's sometimes damn near impossible. So, but whatever. I, think I, I bought should... it anyway. Cause I wanted to like, see, I wanted to just buy like a game in Japanese that was like released in Japan and very like, insanely like loved i mean not that it was like one of the best ds games but like that's a good example of a of a ds game that probably either wouldn't have come out in the u.s i forget if it actually did or and if it did it would have just flown under everyone's radar yeah i think you should play professor layton in japanese yeah <laughs> uh so <laughs> i mean some games would probably be easier than others i think that might be a tough one you think so yeah anyway um should we do fan fiction corner yeah let's do it um, lots of fan fiction for One Piece in general. There's like an endless supply um, and a surprisingly large amount about the Arlong arc. Yeah, I I found nothing that I thought was like, this is awesome. What I was trying to find, but like it was just taking me too long. And that's why I, I came up empty is like, I, like there are plenty of One Piece crossovers, but I wanted a One Piece crossover for Arlong Park. And I bet yeah. that exists. I just didn't have time to find it. That's fine. I found one called Of Straw Hats, Maps, and Chan- Tangerines by Shizuku749. Okay. Um, this story comes after the Arlong arc, and essentially it's really short, um, but it's just a story about the first time Nami draws a map for the Straw Hats after all of this has happened. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's it's really sweet. She thinks of Bellamere, uh, or wait, Bellamere. Bel- Bellamere? Yeah. She thinks of Bellamere, um she starts crying and then luffy kind of puts his hand on her shoulder and she feels better um and then he puts his hat on her again and says now you just look like shanks or now you look just like shanks mm-hmm. um and it says that night when nami goes to sleep her brand new map hangs from one of the clotheslines strewn across the room thank you luffy thank you captain mm-hmm. that's how it ends. it's it's really like it's actually for fan fiction which the bar is very very low yeah it's like shockingly kind of sweet and touching and it feels like something that could have happened in the anime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's no perverted sex and the person actually completed the story. It's not like a multi-chapter thing. They just gave up on both of the ones that I found were also uh, completed stories that the person didn't seem like they had lost their mind while they were doing it. Um, Yeah. And also I didn't find any like sex, like, absurdly smutty ones yeah dare i say i'm listen this is a big bold statement but i'm gonna say of straw hats maps and tangerines is currently holding first place in the fan fiction corner really that's i mean we've seen a lot what about the gigantic nintendo character sex orgy i mean that's number two (laughs) um so i think fan fiction should exist for one piece in general and for this arc um, it would be dumb, but it'd be kind of fun to have fan fiction of Yosaku and Johnny, not to just to watch them get the shit beaten out of them, but like we've never seen them fight, and I think it'd be fun to kind of see their techniques. Yeah, that would be cool. I, I the the two that I found were one of them was called An- Anything for His Navigator, which is the whole premise was like Luffy is in love with Nami, which I hate. No, um, like it's not horribly written, but I hated this. The idea is like Luffy like act like realizes like I've killed I just killed Arlong. They're not like taking it like they're taking a dead body away. Like, do you hate me, Nami? Like I've committed murder. And she's like, no, I love you. Oh, and God. it's like it's, it was awful. The other one was in- interesting. Um, 
so Luffy goes back in time. Oh God! And, assen- and essentially does the entirety of the first arcs of the show up until like until the end of our long park. But like with the knowledge that he's gained in later parts of the the story, so like he mentions Jimbei as his friend to Arlong. Arlong's like, "What?" And then he tells like Hachi that he knows him um, from like later, and that Hachi helps him, and he's a good guy. Like, spoiler alert: um, the two things that happen later in the show. But I, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like fan servicey to like to show i don't know i don't know what to call that kind of genre of fan fiction be like oh i know all these things about you guys already how did he go back in time it doesn't say what or if it did i just missed it because my eyes kind of glazed over (laughs) at a certain point that's like a detail that you shouldn't blink and miss the mechanics of time travel well i mean i that's on me probably or it might be on the fiction i don't know i don't recall seeing an explanation as to how he did it but i also they might have mentioned it but it was covering every arc of the show and i didn't read the or of the show up until our long i didn't want to read every one so i read like the first one and the hour long one and i don't recall seeing an explanation i see i see um my, my fan fiction really quick is i want a like a short story of nami tricking people into joining her as a crew and pulling this huge oceans 11 like heist and then she betrays all of them yeah, I would love that. And that, like make her like 14 when she does it. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, boy, would there be smut fan fiction if that was real. Ugh. Um, all right. So what have you been up to? Oh shit, I forgot. One of the major things that works for me. Uh oh, yeah, Nami please. doesn't have massive tits. Yes. And it's a fleshed you. out character. Yes, because later she just becomes a walking set of tits. Yep. Um, I do like later. This That's a little bit reductive. Like she does do things and she has good moments, but like nothing like this. And she's just over-sexualized. Yeah, she is. I like her little friendship with Zeus. I think that made her interesting again a little bit. I agree. But whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. What have you been up to? Um, so gaming wise, not like a massive amount of things. I've uh, been playing a little bit more Vampire Survivors. Um, I... Oh, I watched End of Evangelion, which is a movie that is essentially replacing the final two episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion because of how much those two episodes were hated. Uh, The movie is wild, not as absurd as the last two episodes of the show, but I I recommend watching it if you haven't, um, if you've watched the show and haven't watched that. I have, I rewatched a couple horror movies um or yeah uh, one of them was vhs2 which is is okay um it has a couple it it has one really good short in it and the rest are kind of just okay i will say i love 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 anthology horror give me anthology horror if you have you seen the vhs movies i've seen one of them i think i saw the first one watch two and watch 94 and then you probably don't need to watch any of the other ones uh they're coming out with a new one that i think is like set in the 80s 85 yeah 85, i think it just came yeah. out yeah um and i watched creep which is a really interesting jake gyllenhaal right no wait what's the one with jake gyllenhaal where he's the photographer Nightcrawler. 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 Yeah. Anyway, go on about creep. So have you heard of like the, the genre like mumblecore? Yes. Yeah. So this is like essentially a mumblecore horror movie, oh, um, including like mumblecore pioneer Mike, uh, Mark Duplass. 
it is is actually pretty effective. Um, all I will say is it is it is about a videographer who's kind of struggling for money who gets offered I think like a thousand dollars to drive out to a kind of remote area and spend the day filming this man that he knows nothing about. Hmm. Um, that that's all I'll say. It, it's a like eighty minute movie. It's super short. It couldn't be any longer, or else it would not be very good. There are things about it I don't like, but overall I think it is a, it's it's pretty damn effective as like a subgenre of horror. And I wish there were actually a little bit there were more films like that. Okay. Creep. Creep. Yes. I'll have to check it out. Yep. How about you? Um video game wise, I finished the DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Future Redeemed. Um and it does shockingly um a surprisingly good job of wrapping up Xenoblade Chronicles 1, 2 and 3 all together. Oh wow. Which is tall order. Wild. It is a tall order, but it pulls it off in like 15 to 20 hours. Um I love the changes they made to the gameplay even though they were minor. Um I think there's a ton of good ideas in there. They have said that Xenoblade Chronicles like 1, 2 and 3 make a set and that that set is complete. But that does not mean they're going to stop making games. So I don't know whether that will be Xenoblade Chronicles 4 or like a new series kind mm-hmm. of in the vein. Um, but Xenoblade Chronicles 1, 2, and 3 now as a trilogy are kind of complete, um, which is cool. Um, did I tell you last week that I watched Insidious Red Door? Did I do that this no, week? You, no, you didn't tell me. Did uh, so, How was yeah. it? Um, so the central conceit of the movie is really, really stupid. Um this doesn't spoil that much since it happens at the very beginning, but essentially the main characters are hypnotized into forgetting that insidious one and two ever happened. Um, which is okay. That's, that's annoying. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it, like if you kind of just go with that, the rest of the movie is pretty effective. Nice. Um, good. Additionally, in terms of Halloween stuff, um, I have been rereading, not rereading. I have been reading for the first time the Goosebumps Horrorland series. Oh, well, what do you think of it? Um, the they're shockingly competent, <laughs> um, like <laughs> truly shockingly, because rereading old Goosebumps, especially like the middle stretch, like why I'm scared of bees or the barking ghost or you know. MVP chicken chicken <laughs> um, it's like RL was pumping those out once a month clearly he was low on ideas and inspiration at some points but um, these ones I feel like he's he's got it back a little bit nice uh, he's back in the swing so we'll see I'm currently reading monster blood for breakfast <laughs> um, there has not been any monster blood eaten for breakfast yet but I'm eagerly anticipating it oh yeah so yeah that's uh, that's been my week yeah, and I I think maybe we should should we preview? Are we gonna? I mean, it's it's spoopy season. It is spoopy season, and it's we already season everyone. Yeah, we did fishing vacation last week, which was like pre October, but I'm assuming, and we haven't really talked about this in depth, but I'm assuming we're gonna do mostly, if not exclusively, horror stuff for October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Arlong Park arc is the horror of Fishmen. Oh, shit. I, well, I guess this is uh, not the entirety then, because this is coming out October 2nd. <laughs> we should have done Thriller Bark. Ah. We, we should have. Oh, uh, but that would have been much less interesting. Yeah, we're never doing Thriller Bark. I, and I would say, is it fair to say that this might be the year that we finally do another Ari Aster movie in Midsommar? I think, you know, I think we might have to. I don't know if that's going to be your birthday pick, but... Um, we, I already have my birthday pick, but oh right, it's it's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Uh, you mean it's it's Pat? It's 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 yeah. yeah. It's 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 Pat. Now we'll probably do Midsummer regardless of whether or not you 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 get a, you get a birthday pick and then you uh and and then we'll also do Midsummer. Yeah. So strap on your bear suits, everyone. <laughs> I don't even we might, we might even do it next week. I don't. I don't we haven't talked about what we're gonna do next week. All right. You know what? Go fuck yourself, John Malkovich. <laughs>